They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. Our response, the Rob Carson Show. It is a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. How are you? I hope you had a good weekend. I uh, I did, although I did something I've never done before this weekend. I uh, I got into the Halloween candy. What the heck? What? 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 I never. I don't care about candy. But I got started last night. I was just hanging around with the family, and I and I said, "Oh, hey, I want something sweet." And I went in, and I went to the uh, linen closet in the hallway, and I and I got my candy, and I I couldn't stop eating the new caramel M and M's. What the hell? Why does M and M's do this to us? Why do they keep reinventing them? Why can they, can't they just be the old? But they make them better. It's ridiculous. So I ate a bunch of those, and uh, and and now for the first time ever in my family's history, I have to go. It replenished the Halloween candy, not because my wife got into it, but because I got into it. I don't know what it is. But anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, like I said, I hope you had a, uh, a wonderful weekend. We've got a million things to get to. Something that happened right after we left the show on Friday, which I thought was uh, wonderful. And I'm just going to say this. Uh, I have been a uh, uh, fan of Doug Mastriano since he was a state senator. He is still a state senator, but he's running for governor in the state of Pennsylvania. And, and I lived in Min- uh, Maryland for uh, a dozen years. I lived in Minneapolis for uh, five years, and, uh, and I lived in Washington, D.C. All three of those are run by Democrats, and all three of those have took a direct nosedive into hell. Uh, as has California, as has New York, as has Michigan. Uh, the great thing about the COVID uh, pandemic was it really showed who, uh, who, uh, who's uh, going to sell out the people, who's going to lead the people, who's going to be rational. And, uh, and if that was the case, then uh, most Democrats and Democrat enclaves are going to fail. But the thing is, in Maryland, Maryland is a beautiful state. Have you ever driven around Maryland? I grew up in Iowa. Iowa's nice. It ain't Maryland. Maryland's uh, spectacular. There's beaches over here, and then there's the Chesapeake Bay, which is amazing, and there's uh, uh, blue crabs, which is the best damn thing in the history of mankind, and and all of this. And the thing about Maryland is uh, the Maryland General Asylum, the left-leaning, bat-guano-crazy leftists that run that state, that have run that state for 100 years and have now driven the state into the bleeper. And I'm glad I got out when I did. I mean, I suffered the abuses of Maryland, the high taxes, et cetera, the idiotic proposals like taxing rainwater falling on your driveway. I, t- I, I was able to handle it. But I think God said, you know, you really don't want to live here the next couple of years if you want your children to grow up reasonably normal. And so we did. And we moved uh, seven years ago. And uh, I would, would I like to move back to Maryland? I don't know. I like it. What, do I, I like Baltimore? I love Baltimore. I used to go down to the Inner Harbor. Love Baltimore. I went to see, I would rather go see sports uh, team games. I would rather uh, see the, uh, the Orioles than the Nationals any day because it was so cool downtown by the stadium. And I took my kid up there. And now there's no way in hell unless I was concealed carry driving an armored Humvee. No, I'm not going to go see it. You know, and, and maybe that's an overreaction, but whatever. I mean, honestly, the, the cities are going to crap. My son is considering moving to Chicago. 
when I was uh, his age, I wanted to move to Chicago. Chicago was my dream radio market. Wanted to live in Chicago. Now I, I don't. I really kind of don't want him to go because no neighborhood is safe from the idiocy of Democrats and the high crime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you see it across the country manifested. And the only thing that's buoying me is that people are finally going. You know, uh, we're kind of sick of this crap. Pennsylvania is another great state. I love Pennsylvania. And if it weren't for the, the government of Pennsylvania and the lousy, corrupt Democrat Party uh, headquartered largely in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, there's no better state in the country to go, honestly, for fall leaves and stuff. It's beautiful. But it's run by morons. That's why I wouldn't live there. California used to be Eden on Earth. Would never, I would never live in California. Would I love to live in California if it was low taxes, low regulation, sanity? Sure, why the hell not? But there are a lot of states that are just like, they just made this marvelous, marvelous place absolutely miserable. New York City, I went to New York City for the very first time about two years ago. I know, I know, I'm an Iowa farm boy, and I didn't get a chance to move around much. Graduated from college, got to work, didn't have a chance to play around and travel and all that crap. But anyway, I stood in this city, and I walked, and I, and I did what I always do when I, when I, I just, I'm a kid. I walk around. I went into the Empire State Building. I, I walked around downtown everywhere, uh, and, and I thought, man, you know what? They're right. This was the greatest city in the world. It really was the greatest city in the world. But there's hope. Because as I started this conversation, Doug Mastriano, who is now running for governor of the state of Pennsylvania, he originally came on the show because I was asking him about lawsuits uh, as a senator with regard to changing election law in Pennsylvania to throw the vote towards Joe Biden. I guess that makes him a denier. Well, that denier is ahead now. That denier on Friday was ahead by five points, according to Rasmussen, 48 to 43, above his uh, radical leftist uh, opponent, Josh Shapiro, who is a pro-crime, pro-no-bail, radical leftist. This never happens. A Republican in Pennsylvania running for governor is five points ahead three weeks out, according to Rasmussen. Now, would I like to think that we are going to wreck the Democrat Party and leave them licking their wounds on November the 9th? I absolutely would. And I have a gut feeling that's what's going to happen. But obviously, we have to be resolute. We have to be resolute. If you have to vote early, do it in person. If you can vote on Election Day, of course you're going to do it in person. And take your phone with you. Just in case you see some uh, shenanigans, shenanigans, yeah. So uh, there, I heard that uh, you know, like if you've been bamboozled, it's, it's kind of interesting because like white people always say shenanigans, right? And uh, and a lot of times uh, in the black community they'll say bamboozled when you've been tricked, you're bamboozled. White people, it's like those gosh darn shenanigans. You ever notice that? It's kind of those shenanigans, you know. Chicanery. There's another word. <laughs> but we have to, uh, you know, we have to prevent shenanigans if, uh, to prevent us from being bamboozled. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, and then this. Donald Trump got a lot of heat. He is an anti-Semite, by the way, even though his uh, son-in-law is Jewish and he's very down with the Jewish community. He's been doing his, you know, come on, really? Really? God lives in Manhattan. He's a radical. He has to do business. He's had to do business with Jewish people his entire life. You, you cannot succeed in Manhattan unless you are uh, down with the Jewish population, okay? You can't be a rabid anti-Semite and do business in this country, particularly in, uh, in New York City, all right? So enough with this absolute crap, trying to pin anti-Semitism on the greatest supporter of Israel in the history of our country. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is want, trying to draw up a nuclear deal between a bunch of, uh, of imams who want to wipe Israel off the back. Mi- Israel exists. It looks like a, it's as a f- geological fi- uh, 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 fingernail clipping compared to the other countries around it. All of them want to wipe off the map. But Donald Trump, the guy who is the number one supporter of Israel, is an, is a, an anti-Semite. God, you people are just so freaking ridiculous, honestly. So done. I'm so done. Are you done? I'm done. So anyway, on his Truth Social Media platform of the weekend, he told American Jews to get their act together and show more appreciation for Israel. Oh, my God. He's so anti-Semitic. They need to show more appreciation for Israel before it's too late, and they do. Because uh, Iran wants to get nuclear weapons for one reason. Wipe Israel off the planet. Drive them into the sea. It's part of their modus operandi. That's what they do. That's what uh, Donald Trump was talking about. And it's absurd on the face of it for anyone to call Donald Trump an anti-Semite because of that. And I will tell you, in this country, I don't know what it is about self-loathing liberals. I don't know what it is. Why do you hate yourself so much that you would actually root for your own destruction? This happens all over the place. Uh, it, it happens with self-loathing Jews who, who uh, want to, uh, oh, we should listen to the Palestinians and all of this. And, and honestly, Israel, we need to do this and that and that to capitulate and all that. When all they care about is killing and r- destroying for all history the Jewish state and the Jewish people. It's the same way with radical uh, leftists who are major environmentalists. There are people literally on the left in this country, young people who are so terrified of global warming and hate themselves so much for living on the planet because, you know, they expel uh, carbon dioxide. There you go. uh, That they will get a hysterectomy. They will will go ahead and get their, their tubes dyed. Because they, they hate themselves so much. I don't understand this crap. I really don't. Why would you root for your own destruction? How could you hate yourself so much? It's like the uh, existential uh, form of cutting. You know, you hate yourself money. You get a teenage girl, you cut your arms, you cut your arms, you cut your arms. Except for this is, uh, you know, just destroy me. Both uh, Washington Post and NBC News led their stories with headlines saying Trump's at- Trump attacks Jews. CBS News had more accurate headline, Trump critical of U.S. Jews in social post, which is true. He should be. Because uh, U.S. Jews can sit in absolute safety uh, compared to Israeli, those who live in Israel, and the only real true bastions of Judaism in the entire world right now are Israel and the United States. And as usual, when you live in these cozy confines of the United States, you, uh, you, you don't consider yourself under threat as your brothers and sisters are over, overseas. Head of the uh, liberal anti-definition league, Jonathan Greenblatt, sharply criticized Donald Trump. We don't need the former president who curries favors with extremists and anti-Semites. No, he doesn't. That's a lie to lecture us about U.S.-Israel relations. It's not about quid pro quo. It rests on shared values, blah, 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 blah. He said this juice splaining 
He's calling it juice planning. That's fantastic. Uh, I want to. I want to do. Uh, I guess I, I would do white splaining or or caucasoid splaining or something. Irish English splaining. Anyway, this juice splaining is in, insulting and disgusting. And then Donald Trump said, "Well, no president has done more for, for Israel than I have," and he's right. Wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people in the Jewish faith, especially those living in the United States. It's because most people in the United States, most Jew, Jewish uh, people of the Jewish persuasion in the United States, are radically left of center. I don't know why. They should be conservative. They really should. Uh, I, I believe that, uh, that uh, conservative Jews should be as conservative as conservative Christians. Why not? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense? Considering so many Christians went overseas and, and uh, died on uh, foreign soil to save the Jews and to save uh, England and, and uh, France and all that, wouldn't it? And again, John, uh, Donald Trump said U.S. Jews have to get their act together, appreciate what they have in Israel before it's too late, and he's absolutely true. Got support from the Zionist Organization of America. Says, I understand Trump's pain that not one mainstream Jewish group except for ZOA honored Trump for being such an extraordinary friend to Israel and the Jewish people. And he's right. It is important for Jews to have publicly expressed appreciation for Trump's groundbreaking pro-Israel policies. We had a moral and ethical obligation to do so. You think Barack Obama was a friend of the Jewish state? He was a follower of a very radical faith that was very anti-Semitic. Black liberation theology, my friends. You need to decide really who your friends are before you're wiped off the face of the planet. Donald Trump doesn't deserve any criticism for that. It's nonsense. Well, coming up, I've got a bunch of stuff, and uh, you're not going to believe how many people aren't going to be having Thanksgiving this year. That is a real tragedy because they can't afford the food. That's coming up. Your calls are welcome here, guys. I'd love to hear from you. 800-922-6680. This is a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. The people are mad as hell. It's the Rob Carson Show. It's a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. And uh, I want to welcome you to it. we got a ton of stuff to get to on the show. A couple of special guests, including Jenna Ellis, going to be joining us later in the show. And she'll be talking about uh, uh, Doug Mastriano leading Josh Shapiro in the great state of... Uh, of uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and the thing is, I mean, uh, the potential of Pennsylvania is there. Pennsylvania, it's there. It's just, it, do you want to live in mediocrity? Do you want to live in just okay? Or recently, with Democrats in charge, in crime ribbit ridden hellholes. That's what this is all about. And I keep saying that the thing that is going to stop the 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 class of 1968 with their Marxist takeover of the country is that the uh, essential tenet to make it happen that we must hate America isn't working. It's not working. Seventy plus percent of us think that uh, the country's great. We're blessed to live here. We wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I mean, as as tempting as it is to be born in the lower caste society of India, working uh, in, living in a landfill, digging for food your entire life sounds appealing. I think I'll live in the place that everybody wants to come to. How about that? And that's why we are going to end this nonsense. 
We're going to end all of this left-wing nonsense. We're going to end this CRT in schools. We're going to end this woke military crap. We're going to end all of this garbage that we have been subjected to because a bunch of children, about 10% of the population, have decided they're going to get butt hurt about everything, and they're going to fundamentally change America into something that it is not. And people are just done. I am told that we have a, a Jewish Trump supporter from uh, Owings Mills, Maryland, named Harriet on the line. Hello there, Harriet. How are you? Okay, how are you? I'm good. I'm trying to figure out why American Jews hate themselves so much that they're willing to forsake Israel. Please help me understand. Well, I'm going to help you understand. Okay, first of all, I am the daughter of a Holocaust survivor. Yes. So my father, when he came to this country, um, and when I, when I was a little, when I was a teenager or whatever, he instilled in me the following things. Never give up your arms. Never give up your weapons. Oh, yes. And number two, always have an escape route. Yes. Whether it's from your house, from your street, from your state, from your country. Yeah. To that end, Israel is the insurance policy of the Jewish people if things go sideways. Yeah. Jews yeah. have always been on the left because they feel it's an empathetic thing to feel sorry for people. But that's yeah. not what the left is all about. No. American Jews have gotten fat and happy here. And a lot of them, too many of them, are on the left. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who are waking up. Yeah. They feel they're safe with Democrats. They still, they, it's still their, their father's Democratic Party, and they, don't want, they, they refuse to acknowledge anything else. Let me ask you this, Harriet. Do you think Donald Trump is a rabid anti-Semite who wants to destroy the Jewish people? Never in a million years. I love that man. <laughs> now, what about uh, Barack Obama? Do you think that he loves Israel and wants to exist, uh, p- coexist peacefully? I saw the devil in his eyes when he was inaugurated, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was the end for me. Yeah, I, I uh, you Absolutely know, honestly, not. you don't you don't sit in the pews of Reverend Wright spewing, uh, you know, black liberation theology, which is very, very anti-Semitic. Uh, you don't sit there <laughs> exactly. and just suddenly make it go away. I would sit there for about two seconds. Say, you know what, Rev? You know, you could stick it. Honestly, uh, Harriet, thanks for the phone call. I do appreciate it. Have a glorious uh, have a glorious day. Let's go to Homer in uh, Rising Sun, Maryland. Hello there, Homer. Welcome to the show. What's up? Hey. Uh, I remember a factoid on Donald Trump in that he, he, he impressed the uh, Jews in Israel so well that they named a uh, plot of land in the Golan Heights after Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. And, and you look at the Abraham Accords, which uh, brought the Middle East together for the first time <clears throat> really realistically in history. I mean, Jimmy Carter got a lot of credit for getting uh, Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin to shake hands. But Donald Trump was making a real difference in the Middle East. Uh, and I, I would venture to say that uh, if, if Barack Obama, and I do believe he is in charge, uh, that, the, uh, that the Jewish state does not have a friend in, uh, in Joe Biden, Homer. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for the phone call, bud. Do appreciate it. I am really looking forward to, uh, for me, I'm a Christian, so I look forward to Christmas, but I'm looking forward to the holiday season. Um, And uh, one of the holidays that I love the most, and I have loved actually more than Christmas since I was a child, is Thanksgiving. And the reason being is uh, Thanksgiving was always very special for me and my family. It was like a family reunion. Everybody came to our house. We'd have 45, maybe 60 people. And it was glorious. And there were no gifts exchanged. We just ate and we enjoyed and we thanked. 
And we thank God, and we knew that we were we were well off. We were doing fine. It's important that one in five Americans are unsure if they'll be able to cover the cost of Thanksgiving is ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to share some more on this in a moment, and uh, maybe we can come together and offer a solution to those who can't afford it because we need it. We need Thanksgiving, guys. This is a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. More in a minute. Hey guys, it's Carson for Stamps.com. The holiday season has a way of sneaking up on us. If you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. I don't have a business, but my uh, relatives expect homemade biscotti and pet treats from my wife. How's that? And if you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24-7 post office you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. And if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. Hello? Rates are constantly changing. With Stamps.com's switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates so you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major marketplaces. Unreal. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code NEWSMAX for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code NEWSMAX. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's the Rob Carson Show. Of the Rob Carson Show. If you want to check out the podcast, it's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. I know we're so creative. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. So my friend Jen Pellegrino did a sit-down with Dr. Jill Biden. And I know you're thinking, you're thinking, Jill Biden, why the hell would they do sit-down? And, 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 yeah, it's actually, it's Nancy Brinker's doing the uh, doing the interview, and it's on the 9 o'clock, uh, 9 o'clock tonight. Now, um, I'm not a fan of uh, Jill Biden, not one little bit. She got booed at the Philly, uh, the Eagles game over the weekend. What's up with the Eagles? They're good. And what's up with New York? You know, maybe their football teams have decided to uh, not suck either. You know, the the states are, are maybe the people are deciding they're tired of the leadership and maybe the teams just kind of want to win for a change. Wouldn't that be uh, nice? But anyway, uh, the pair met in Florida Saturday up close uh, interview with uh, Nancy Brinker. She, Nancy's real nice. She's an excellent interviewer. And, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you, um, it's kind of a big deal if a lib is willing to do an interview on Newsmax. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I had mentioned um, this. Uh, and, and listen, if, if uh, Nancy Brinker eviscerates um, Jill Biden, uh, great. But it is kind of interesting to me. I had mentioned last week, and I brought up this idea, and we're going to keep it going. This is a conservative apartheid that exists in our country that has forever. And you think about the, um, the uh, tenets of apartheid, what are they? Well, they're ostracism, that is government-sanctioned against a group of people. 
uh, economically, uh, socially, uh, every which way, shape, or form, from silencing their dissent to silencing their speech to ostracizing them to uh, businesses being banned, government contracts not being awarded, uh, 50133 status not being awarded, and you think about all of those things. All of those things have been done to conservatives, and I know this because I've been part of the conservative movement for about 30 years, and I've seen it. And it's time that half of the country, we have nothing to be ashamed of. There was never anything wrong with standing for the national anthem. There was never anything wrong with crying when someone like Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. There's nothing wrong with uh, uh, celebrating our history, even if you find a statue offensive, realizing it's a part of history. And if you erase it, you're destined to repeat it. And honestly, we're, we're just done with this crap. And, and i got to tell you another thing that I'm quite ticked off about you know I, i've been a part of this in forever i remember rush limbaugh he would you know he did advertisers and, and one year he got like florida orange juice florida orange juice back in 1993 or something florida orange juice decided that they were going to advertise on the rush limbaugh show and the left went bat guano crazy after the uh, florida orange juice people how dare could you g- advertise on the show well the reason why i can advertise on the show is because this man reaches 26 million people every week that is giant. It's the biggest audience talk radio has ever had, and yet advertisers were afraid to advertise on those show on his show because they were so beaten to hell by the left. Now, you and I, maybe we both have Firestone tires on our car. Maybe we both use a Tide laundry detergent. Maybe we both drive a Fords or Chevys or, or whatever. Just like the other side of the equation, then why in the hell won't any of those advertisers touch conservative media? It's because they've been brainwashed. And I'm tired of it. I'm really just bloody done with it. And I got to tell you, if, if there are advertisers out there who don't realize the power of conservatives in this country, just ask PayPal. Just ask PayPal, because they just tried to censor conservative speech by saying that they were going to uh, fine people $2,500 for misinformation or disinformation, ostensibly going after conservative speech. And the day after they did that, their, their uh, stock price plummeted. Plummeted. Look what happened at Disney World when it decided to get woke. They're begging to get people down there. And it's time that we spoke up. I don't care. If you want to advertise on Stephen Colbert's show, I don't care. But don't eliminate my audience from your message because you don't like my message. Screw you. We, we, we use the same name brands. We shop the same stores. Dear God in heaven, I shop at Walmart. I'm a Walmart. Why can't conservative media get Walmart as a sponsor? Why the hell not? I'm tired of being shut down. I'm tired of being ostracized. I've been ostracized by my friends. I've been ostracized by everybody and their brother because I am a conservative, but I have never refused to break bread with someone because they were a liberal. That's part of what's going on this election. That is a major part of it. And by the way, 25 days from the 2022 election, early voting requests are down 57 million. Well, that's going to make it hard for Democrats to steal this in. Yeah, guys. Now, of course, COVID was the reason why they did it. Previously, 
Uh, there were 73.5 million early voting requests and 7.5 million early votes. And according to John Cavillion, the uh, founder and CEO of JMC Analytics and Polly, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, 57 million below uh, what was the last election. Doesn't mean that you can't be and don't need to be absolutely vigilant. And then there's this. One in five Americans unsured how they'll cover the cost of Thanksgiving. And one in four plan to skip it to save money. My wife is going out of town to see her sister. And I would be more than happy to invite a family to my home to have Thanksgiving if they couldn't afford it. 100%. According to the survey, one quarter of Americans planning to skip Thanksgiving to save money. One in five doubted they would have money to cover the cost of the meal. More specifically, one-third expect their 2022 Thanksgiving to be smaller. 45% overall said they are financially stressed by Thanksgiving. Further Americans plan to take action to cut the cost of the celebration. 36% plan to use coupons. 32% plan to compare prices. 28% will skip traveling. Another 28% plan to buy a smaller turkey. Another 88% of Americans said they plan to cut at least one dish from their table to save the money. I'll do without the green bean casserole. Never been a big fan, sorry. Now, if you'd load it up with cheese or something, then I'd eat the hell out of it. But I'm not a big fan of the green bean casserole. I just eat the onions off the top. That's what I do. <laughs> let's go to, uh, let's see, Sherry in Pikesville. Hello there, Sherry, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on? Oh, Cheryl, Cheryl in Pikesville. Hello, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for taking my call. First of all, I would like to wish my fellow Jews a happy Shemini Atzeret and Simchas Torah, which is taking place today. Love it. And I would like to speak about the topic of Donald Trump, because this is really insidious what the left is trying to do. Yeah. I agree 100% with Harriet. These organizations are led by leftist Jews who are staunch Democrats, And they will do anything to destroy Donald Trump. They see him as the boogeyman. He's evil. He has to be eradicated. Whatever it is, they've been brainwashed. And they have no idea, really, what this administration is doing in the Middle East. And nor do they care. And that's one of the other problems. This Iran nuclear agreement is going to eviscerate Israel and the Biden administration wants to go forward with it. Yeah. Biden was over in the Middle East recently. He was totally embarrassed and embarrassed the United States. When people in the Middle East see this type of weakness, and believe me, that's how this is being perceived. Oh, yes. They will go forward with plans to destroy the state of Israel. I know. They have been trying to destroy the state of Israel for decades. And when you have this type of incompetence going on in an administration that is supposed to be the most powerful leader in the entire world, they see an opportunity. Jews need to wake up. Wake up. Yeah, meanwhile, Cheryl, we've got... Meanwhile, Cheryl, we've... 
Meanwhile, you've got this little B-word over in Ukraine who's demanding that we send more money his way, just demanding it, just demanding billions of dollars. In the, mean, in the meantime, uh, Israel needs all the support we can, we can give it. I could give a rat's behind about Ukraine, to be quite honest. I'm much more concerned about our real ally, one of the few true allies in the world, best in the history of governance, and that is between the United States and the glorious state of Israel. And i got to tell you, Cheryl, I am not a Jew, but I would fight and die for my brothers and sisters in Israel. I would, because my mother always told me about the plight of the of the Israeli people from from the days of Moses leading them out, uh, you know, to to the days of the Holocaust, and that will never fade. And so, in that way, I guess I have a kinship with Donald Trump, and I understand Donald Trump's uh, love for the Jewish people and the Jewish state, and how incredibly important it is. Uh, Cheryl, thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. I hope you have a glorious Thanksgiving, okay? Thank you. All right, let's go to, uh, let's see, Stacy in Hunt Valley. Hello there, Stacy, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Hi, thanks so much for taking my call. Yes. I was really calling about, just in response to a lot of the other Jewish callers that are calling in, I'm happy to hear they're calling in support of the, uh, Israel and Donald Trump. Yes. And I was just calling... Um, we actually live in a community, and we are the only Jewish family. And interestingly, uh, over the last several years, I've been asked by neighbors, why do the Jewish people, why do they lean so progressive, um, such yes. supporters at the time of Barack Obama? Yeah. And, um, and the, one, uh, the one response I had, I remember when I was watching O'Reilly one night, um, Bernie Goldberg was being interviewed, and, and O'Reilly had actually um, posed that question to him about the Jews in general in America. And his response, which always kind of stuck with me, was that he feels that the Jews are first and foremost liberals. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, and, and the Jewish, the, the Jewish uh, state. The state is secondary, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see. Yeah, that, that that's one hundred percent true. I can't I can't argue with that, Stacy. They put uh, politics before their their own well being and and particularly their homeland. They're, it's it's ridiculous. Go ahead. That's absolutely true. It's true, and and it's funny because um, uh, over the last several years, you know, a lot of times I I found that very hard to believe, but I come to realize that you just can't assume anything with um. No with other people and, and I just know a lot of times in shul for the holidays the mm -hmm. sermons even even the rabbis and the clergy they lean very progressive as yeah. well and yeah. um and, I don't and know, you know frustrating. Uh, it's frustrating at times um, it, it is. It is frustrating, Anna. You know, I um, I use analogies uh, to the Holocaust and to uh, Hitler's rise uh, purposefully. And the reason being is just because you live in America and you have a $1,200 phone in your pocket doesn't mean that history can't repeat itself, Stacy. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It, and, and that's also what I, I try and tell or share my vision uh, as far as the Second Amendment and the importance of of. Being a, having the ability to own your own gun and protect yourself, and a lot of times, and that's from really first and foremost, yeah. your own government. And I try and point out the Holocaust and yeah. um, and what happened there. 
also with yeah. the collection of the weapons and then yeah why do you think in israel they that uh, uh military service is compulsory it's because everybody has to be willing to fight for the existence of israel uh yeah. the the leftist jewish community in this country has never had to do that because they've always had you know the federal government and our borders to protect them but that can go away at a heartbeat stacy listen i gotta run thanks for the phone Thank call you. thanks so much rob yep Bye-bye. pretty pretty much got a lot more on the economy to get to um oh i've got i have some things that are going to make your blood boil with regard to the covid vaccine and anthony fauci saying that he didn't shut down the schools um and we're going to spend a while on this because i'm going to want people to pay for the uh for the criminality of the COVID lockdown shutdown, the whole experience. I'm not letting it go. We're going to take a break. Randall, you'll be up next. This is The Rob Carson Show. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now we have FJB. It's The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden was at a an ice cream shop over the weekend, and he had a let them eat ice cream moment. Literally, he's slopping on this uh, this ice cream, and he's walking around, he's slobbering on people. And and oddly enough, unlike last summer, they aren't asking the dear leader what his uh, favorite flavor is. Oh, look at the dear leader! He's eating ice cream. Remember when they'd run around like little little puppies, you know, chasing their mommy, looking for a teat, you know, and, and very similar to that actually. <laughs> Very similar. Remember that? Oh, Joe Biden is eating ice cream. Oh, my God. Nobody has ever eaten ice cream before as the president. Oh. Well, Joe Biden kept slapping on his uh, ice cream. Sometimes old people, when they're partial, slipping a little. They get all floppy. And he said that, uh, you know, he's not even concerned about inflation. It's it's not a big deal. I'm not concerned about the transfer I'm concerned about the rest of the world. I'm not concerned about inflation here. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. He says uh, the economy is strong as hell, is what he's saying. If you consider, uh, I don't know, Zimbabwe to be the template. Inflation is worldwide. Inflation is worldwide, but not as bad as here. No, it's not. It's not worse off everywhere else. And you're absolutely wrong. Although Europe is going to get scrawled, and that's because uh, they had the uh, the oil cranked off from uh, Russia. Donald Trump uh, warned him about that. So the problem is the lack of economic growth. Yeah, you know what? Nobody's uh, buying your crap. To be quite honest. You're selling it. We ain't buying it. I'm afraid that poor Joe Biden, his faculties are sliding. Yes, it's a sad refrain. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. On the edge, watch him teeter. He would be a better leader if he only had a brain. Our is kicking the butt. That non-existent hand he's shaking. And all the gaffes Joe's making, his supporters can't explain. When he speaks, it's a gamble. I bet he wouldn't ramble if he only had a brain. That's me whistling. I'm good at whistling. Oh, I can't tell you why Joe Biden somehow got elected. Just hope November 8th. He and his kind will be rejected. Joe Biden, he's so dense. He doesn't have the sense to come in from the rain. 
He's worse than Jimmy Carter. But I bet he'd be much smarter if he only had a brain. He has one. It's just as badly damaged as John Fetterman's, and maybe even worse. And by the way, I just want to mention to the uh, Democrats out there who are thinking of uh, supporting a Joe Biden in 2024, um, he's not going to get better. Uh, usually you don't pull out of uh, dementia. It's, it, it's, um, it's going to get worse. So there's that. So uh, Biden is hammering your 401k, and he'd like to hammer your daughter. I just threw that in there. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, Biden is hammering your 401k. Soaring inflation has wiped out $2.1 trillion, an average of 25% off American workers' retirement savings. Now, I'm kind of wondering why so many people, why the, in, in the unemployment rate is so low. I think I just answered your question. It's so low because so many people who have uh, fixed incomes and the retirement savings have to work now. Work you to the grave. Work you to the grave. This is uh, Cecilia Rouse. Rouse! She is the uh, Biden economic advisor, and uh, she says that the Inflation Reduction Act, I know it hasn't kicked in yet, but it's coming. Yeah, I just, I'm just curious, and a lot of Americans are curious, when the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will really start to bring down inflation. So the, the many... Oh, no, no, no. It was passed because inflation's happening now and people need help now. Parts of the bill will start to take effect next year. For example, there are tax credits for energy. Okay, now that's not, uh, that's not reducing inflation. That's, uh, that's encouraging you to buy green energy crap and enrich green energy donors and spend money that you can't afford to achieve uh, savings, to achieve a tax credit. So you can't afford Thanksgiving, but if you put $30,000 in solar panels on your house, you'll get a couple thousand dollar tax credit. Yeah, that'll put food on the table. To help people weatherize their homes uh, and also bring down other forms of energy costs. So we are focused on helping to... Yeah, you see, it's a lie. She never said it's going to reduce inflation at all. You've been in play. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey, it's Carson. Do you really control your retirement money? If you've got a 401k or IRA or similar retirement plan, the government controls it. They decide how much you can borrow and when you must pay it back, and you'll own taxes and penalties for taking money out too soon or waiting too long, even though it's your money. And thanks to our skyrocketing national debt and a Congress that continues to spend like a drunken sailor, who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Bank on Yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. Guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. Your plan doesn't go backward when the markets tumble. Both your principal and growth are locked in. Tax-free retirement income, guys. You're in control. You get access to your money for any purpose with no questions asked and without government penalties or restrictions on how much income you can take and when you can take it. Try doing that with a 401k or IRA. You can't. You can get a free report with all the details on how the Bank on Yourself strategy adds guarantees, predictability, and control to your financial plan. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash news. That's bankonyourself.com slash news.
Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is hour number two of the uh, Rob Carson Show. Social media phenom. Phenom. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Alex Stein's going to be joining us on the show. He's a uh, conservative, a comedian, YouTuber. He likes to go to uh, city council meetings and school board meetings and raise hell. Uh, he's the guy who uh, went after AOC on the Capitol grounds and uh, talked about her posterior. And he did that for a reason. We had him on the show, and he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about a number of things. Next hour, it's Jenna Ellis. Jenna Ellis is going to be joining us to talk about a number of things, including uh, Doug Mastriano, now ahead of Josh Shapiro in Pennsylvania for the uh, in the race for governor um, over the weekend we'll try to get to as many debates as possible there was some great stuff from uh, MTG from Herschel Walker in their uh, respective date debates over the weekend a lot of uh, it's kind of interesting because got all these debates going on and the media is not covering them like for instance uh, uh, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock now Herschel Walker is not a good public speaker no he's just not he's not very good and then there are a lot of times I go, oh, boy, what I say? But then I realize I'm not him. Uh, he is a simple, not meaning in a, in a negative way, he is a simple man, meaning he speaks simply. You know, he says things that are very profound, like, hey, did you know that more black babies are being killed before they're born in Atlanta, and you think black lives matter? That was what he covered this weekend. So is he, uh, is he articulate? No, not particularly. But he is a man. He's a common man. And so we'll, uh, we'll get to that and, uh, and more as, as time allows today. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. Uh, over the weekend, we discovered that the, uh, you know, the economy's terrible. American cities, listen to this, American cities preparing for the worst, bracing for stagflation. Possible economic downturns. The limiting, uh, looming fear of recession has forced many cities to downgrade their income and ta- uh, sales tax revenue forecasts. Because you know what? People don't have any money. City governments increasingly factoring in the chances of recession by downgrading their expectations or how much tax revenue they're expecting for the 2022-23 fiscal year. So it trickles down to your government, by the way. The economy is uh, flashing warning signals. Cities are ready to uh, are already starting to suffer. Annual inflation has now risen to a new 40-year high in the U.S. By the way, a lot of that, uh, that money from all this uh, stimulus never going to get used because the price of everything's gone up. So, you know, we wanted to do this new bridge here, and it was going to cost us $60 million, but thanks to Biden inflation, it's $120 million. We can't afford to do it anymore. See how that works? And here's our Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who hasn't fixed the uh, supply chain crisis because, you know, he's transphobic, I guess. He's afraid of transportation. Uh, and he's tried to spin the economy, and it, and it did a face plant. The president said this week that the economy is both strong as hell, but also if there is a recession, it'll be very slight. What exactly is the forecast? Well, look, uh, I mean, forecasting is uh, by its nature something that is a little bit uncertain. What we know is that that's political spin. Yeah, it's political spin. It is absolutely political spin. It's like a few minutes ago, I played Cecilia Rouse. When when is this uh, Inflation Reduction Act going to kick in? Well, next year. And you'll save money on windows when you invest money in windows. What the hell does that have to do with inflation? It has nothing to do with inflation. Uh, This is um, Kamala Harris. Oh, Kamala Harris, yes, uh, word salad cami. Word salad cami. He says that uh, not only are we paying more at the grocery store, but the cost of life. The cost of life is very high. But also inflation, gas prices, the economy. Have you and the president done enough to address this? And have you done a good enough job communicating what you've done to the American people? I mean, listen, let's start with this, which is yeah. that the American people have 
uh, a lot of, of burdens on their lives right now, including the cost of life. Did you know that it was the cost of life? Did you hear? Here, hold on a second. Including the cost of life. What the hell is that supposed to mean? The cost of life. We always call it the cost of living. Now it's the cost of life. Maybe she's trying to encourage you. You know, honestly, the uh, inflation's so terrible, maybe you'd be better off not being alive. Well, which wouldn't surprise me of the Democrat Party. I mean, they're actually the uh, party of genocide with the unborn. So would that come as you a big surprise? Here's uh, Steve Bannon. I saved this from Friday. I like Steve. Uh, he's been painted as a radical and all this. And he's really actually a truth teller. You should pay attention to him. He's a, he's a phenom. I mean, bizarre, you know, looks like he just woke up out of bed or off a sleep, uh, uh, you know, park bench, but brilliant, 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 brilliant. And he says there's a storm a coming, and, and there is. Our country is bankrupt. It's bankrupt. It's just absolutely bankrupt. And it's a business model that doesn't work. You can't fund this anymore unless you continue to print money. It's going to bury ourselves now in your own life and bury future generations. Do you love your kids? Well, maybe you ought to start thinking about the debt. This is why November 8th, the sweeping victory, Alan Fung in Rhode Island, too, Joe Kent. His, his campaign should be uh, politics needs more Fung. In Washington, three. Everybody have Fung tonight. Those seats in Oregon, the seats in the Rio Grande Valley, the Hispanic Americans. Yep. Right? Yep. This coalition we're putting together, when we start winning these seats, seats in, deep, in Maryland, six. Yep. We'll talk about all these seats we could win, the governorships in these blues, the flipping Minnesota's house, flipping Nevada's house, flipping New Mexico's house. When you do that, that is political power, raw political power. And it puts you as, as the chairman of the creditors committee, right? Not Tucker Carlson and not Donald Trump and not Ron DeSantis and not Steve Bannon, and not you, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and your wisdom and judgment. Get to have the leverage to say, guess what? There's got to be a way. We're going to rethink this. And we're just not going to take, we're just not going to get crushed anymore. No, no, we're, we're, we're done. We are absolutely done. It's kind of funny because I have this uh, t- T-shirt and swag line. And uh, one of my new shirts says, I'm done with Biden and Democrats. My T-shirt and swag line informed me that they were censoring that design. Now, this is not the first time that they've censored political designs. So, you know, this, this happens through, I'm dropping them, by the way. I'm getting rid of the bastards. Because uh, I have every right to print anything I want on a T-shirt and sell it. It's not uh, offensive. It's not X-rated. It's a political viewpoint. But even that damned company is saying, well, we're not going to print it. Well, I'll find somebody else then. But that's the kind of censorship you and I have gone through, and that's just the latest iteration of it. i gotta, I got to share this. This is pretty fun, and, and this went viral this weekend. And I played a couple of, like, montages on the show. We had that wonderful um, uh, speech, um, and I'm drawing a blank on her name, running for uh, Senate, uh, beat Liz Cheney, uh, and I'll think of this. Anyway, she did a marvelous speech, and, and I've been using it because it, it, it was a laundry list of all the things we're sick and damn tired of. And Maria Bartiromo had uh, uh, John Dingell's wife, who's now got his seat in uh, Congress, and, uh, and she just decided, that I'm going to ask you all the questions in the world that you never get asked from anybody else, because Democrats generally go, only go on sycophantic media that is 
uh, you know, a part of, or or on uh, Fox has been doing a lot, a lot of that lately. Um, you know, getting people on and uh, and not asking hard questions. Brett Bear. Uh, and uh, anyway, here's here's Maria Bartiromo going off on all of the things that are bothering you and I about the direction of the country and uh, no holds barred. And I want you to listen to Debbie Dingle. You almost feel sorry for her, and then the feeling goes away. Vaccines, and I'm tired of people saying it wasn't on vaccines. You're COVID. talking about 1.9 trillion dollars COVID relief package spending that had nothing to do with COVID. You know that, Congresswoman. We're talking about 40-year high inflation right now. It's cutting into profits. It's cutting into people's lives. They can't even go paycheck to paycheck. 75% of the country says we're going in the wrong direction, which is a major problem. By the way, she's a metaphor for the entire Democrat Party and their abject tone deafness with regard to our suffering. This economy. Well, first of all, you know, I go to the gas station. I go to the grocery store, too. And we've got to do something. But I'm not going to apologize for trying to fix our roads because our infrastructure is... The roads are not... You never fix the damned infrastructure. Being fixed. The money is misallocated. And then there's a wide-open border. Colored fentanyl is being used to target children. What are you going to do about the fentanyl poisoning in this country? Now we have to worry about Halloween because of this wide-open border. Have you spoken to Joe Biden? Have you heard Joe Biden say anything about fentanyl colored as candy coming across our border and 107,000 people dying of drug overdoses last year, 70% of them because of fentanyl and not because they were druggies, but because maybe they went out and got a, a pill where they wanted a Xanax and they couldn't get a prescription, so they bought it from somebody on online and it turned out to be loaded with fentanyl and they're dead. About it. So yes, I've talked to the president about it because I am really worried. What is his answer? What is his answer for the 100,000 people who have been poisoned by fentanyl? What is his answer for the 3 million people who are in this country on his watch illegally? What did he say to you? Okay, Marie, can we go like calmly? I didn't talk to him about immigration directly. I'm so you haven't spoken to him about the board? Fentanyl and, oh, fentanyl and drugs have been around a long time. My father. Fentanyl, oh, please. Fentanyl trafficking has accelerated substantially on Joe Biden's watch. We know this, and you know it's this. It's happened for years and decades in this country, and we didn't talk That's about it. That's not true. And it happens every place. That's not true. Why weren't we talking Why about fentanyl two years ago? people do you know that have died of fentanyl poisoning? I know too many people and members of my own family. So do I. They're dropping fentanyl all over Texas through drones. It is time that Democrat uh, candidates and Democrat members of Congress had their feet held to the fire. What are you doing about it? I'm meeting with the ATF today to discuss it. Oh, they're having a bunch of meetings where they can sit around like they do in faculty lounges and and then they can leave feeling better about talked about everything but not getting anything done. Fentanyl problem did not get worse under Joe Biden. We're all trying to work on the border. Working on the border from the Democrat Party. I do not see anyone working on the open border from the Democrat Party. We've got to remember we've got human responsibilities, too, to help people. What about Americans who are seeing their jobs go away? What about Americans who are seeing their health care coverage go away because they need money for the migrants? What about the impact on Americans? What about Michiganians? Maria, I didn't come on to have a screaming match. Under the Trump administration, the... Well, if you won't listen... We have to scream. The border was secure and apprehensions at the border were at a 40-year low. They are now at a 20-year high. Because of the open border, we are seeing drugs poison American citizens. You know this and I know this. Will you please reach out to the president and ask him what his solution is to this wide open border and call us back? Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Miss Dingle. Uh, yeah, you just got cl- your clock cleaned and we need more of that. Because honestly, when you are all civil and you try to be, you know, a Marcus of Queensbury rules in an MMA cage, you're going to get slapped around. And Maria said, no, I'm done. Uh, new poll says that uh, 
33% of voters, only 33% of voters would reelect Joe Biden if the 2024 election was today. Most Americans say they're worse off than in 2020 with the midterms less than a month away. 89% of people surveyed say inflation and rising prices top concerned. And if you missed it earlier, one in five Americans say they may skip Thanksgiving. Please don't skip giving thanks. You know, I've had less in my life. I've had uh, government cheese when I was growing up. I've done the snap card in times of need in the past. Always had something to be thankful for. This will be after the election. Thanksgiving is after the election. So that will give us even uh, more things to be thankful for, provided the Democrats are swept the hell out of power. All right, a little bit more on this. Uh, by the way, Truth Social, the, uh, the antidote to uh, media censorship as far as social media, uh, they, uh, they apparently got on, uh, on board with the uh, Android app and went through the ceiling. We're going to get to that and then uh, a whole lot of stuff on the pandemic that are quite disturbing with regard to your kids, how much the pandemic hurt them, and how now Tony Fauci is not accepting any responsibility for the lockdowns. That's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. your business what you do to our country is ours it's the rob carson show yeah evs don't make that sound thought you should know they never will either it was funny i was up at the uh, i was up at the ford dealership here uh, olatha ford is the name of the ford dealership i ordered a New Ford Bronco about a year ago, and I, I'm supposed to get it this week, I guess. I don't know. It's We'll see. We'll see. And First new car that I've had in 20 years. And I decided to do a get-real moment with the uh, the dealer. And the car salesman said, how the uh, how those, and he's very tepid. He's like, how are those F-150 Ford Lightnings selling? The electric truck. Well, you know they're uh, you know they're pretty uh, really. Uh, you got a lot of orders. Eh, well, you know, why uh, why do you suppose people don't want to order the electric F one fifty? And he said, well, there's a problem with the towing. And I said, uh, towing, like, what do you mean? He goes, well, they you know the batteries lose all their juice when they tow stuff, and that eliminates all sorts of uh, uh, time that the battery will remain charged. It kills the battery. So if you put a toy hauler behind your electric F-150, you might think that your electric F-150 is going to go 350 miles on a charge. And it might, unless you're pulling something, and then it drops to about 100 miles. So there's that. There's that. See, you would have been fine if you hadn't gone for broke on all electric. If they just went with hybrid... People would have been cool. Hybrid is fine. You got a, an electric motor. You got a gas motor. The electric motor works uh, in the, in the city more often, and the gas motor works on the highway. That why that's why you have higher gas mileage in the city with a hybrid. There's even a thing called a plug-in hybrid, and it rides about 40 miles on a charge before your gas motor kicks in. And when you got that, you get 160 miles a gallon technically. But they decided to go with electric. 
and all of the problems associated with electric, including strip mining, including getting all the minerals from China, including their ungodly expensive, and also uh, they're largely just giant flaming pieces of crap. Also, in, in France, they, uh, they did kind of what Joe Biden did, and they bought uh, hundreds of thousands of electric vehicles to be used in the, uh, in the uh, federal um, uh, army of vehicles. And uh, they, when, when they get to the point where they need a battery, uh, they're, just, they're just getting rid of the cars. It's too much. It's too much to replace that. I was also talking to another guy and this new uh, electric Hummer that everybody was hot on last uh, New Year, or no, no, last Super Bowl, they had the electric Hummer. It's a $130,000 truck, and it's electric. What they didn't tell you is it's 9,000 pounds. And they also didn't tell you that if you were just going to try to, you know, fill it, uh, you know, uh, fully charge the, uh, that, that vehicle in your uh, normal household outlet, uh, three days to charge it. Three days, but then you can you can speed it up by taking a one ten and converting it to a a two twenty. You can put a two twenty outlet, and then it only takes a day and a half, which explains why they have uh, three of them still sitting there being sold used because nobody wants them because EVs are for posers. There you go. I said it. I know I shouldn't. Truth Social, the uh, social media platform created by uh, President Donald Trump, has soared to the top of the Android app download charts after finally being loud in the Google Play Store this week. Google owns everything, by the way. And if you think that doing a search on something, if you want to find something derogatory about Joe Biden or whatever, they bury it. They do. Google is big brother. Google is big brother. There's no doubt about it. If you rely on Google for anything... Anything that has a hint of politics involved, it will steer you away from uh, pro-conservative to pro-liberal. It will cover up news stories just like the FBI did the Biden laptop story with Twitter and Facebook. And that's why I stopped posting to Facebook last week, and uh, I'm never going back. And I hope that Mark Zuckerberg uh, and his little company go straight to hell. The, uh, this com- the, the Google greenlit the app for uh, distribution on its Play Store for Android devices covers about 44% of smartphones in the United States. So uh, there you go. Now uh, you just watch Truth Social blow up. I do Truth Social and Getter, and they're awesome. Here's a little bit more uh, bad election news for the Democrats. Overwhelming percentage of voters in Senate battleground states dissatisfied with the direction of the nation after nearly two years of Democrat controlling the administrative state, legislative branch, and executive branch of the federal government. What's the uh, theme for the election? We're done. Average of 67% of voters in Senate battleground states believe the nation is on the wrong track. According to civics polling, the state in, the states included in the sample are Nevada, 69% wrong direction. Arizona, 70% wrong direction. Georgia, 68% wrong direction. Sorry, Stacey Abrams. Head back to the, the buffet. Uh, New Hampshire, 60%. North Carolina, 66 Ohio, 70 Pennsylvania, 66, which explains why Doug Mastriano is out in front and why John Fetterman, deep, 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 is going to get beaten by Dr. Oz. Uh, More on uh, Fetterman coming up. Oh, by the way, um, on an average, 23% of voters in Senate swing states say the nation is headed in the right direction, and they most certainly have some sort of mental disorder, including possibly dementia, like the dear leader. All right, so uh, Alex Stein coming up. He's a... uh, 
He's a uh, firebrand and a uh, hellraiser in the conservative movement. And then we'll talk about how badly we got screwed with the government's COVID reaction. That's on the way. It's a Rob Carson show. Biden's first year in office summed up in three words. Welcome back, Carter. That's not right. It's not fair to us. And honestly, it's not fair to the world. It's the Rob Carson Show. We have got trouble with a capital T, ladies and gentlemen. He is stirring it up. He's a young conservative. He has no, uh, he has no, uh, what, he doesn't, he doesn't self-censor. He is a, uh, a host, he is a comedian, he is a YouTuber, he is a troublemaker. Alex Stein joins us on the uh, Newsmax Hotline. How you doing, my friend? Rob, wow, what an introduction for old Primetime 99. Yeah, you know, and I really do appreciate that I, I guess, put out that energy that we try not to self-censor, but we live in this day and age where we really can't say that much. I mean, you look look at what Kanye is going through. I mean, he did say some incendiary stuff, but, you know, he's basically canceled, so... It's, and yeah. We live in a very politically correct place, you know. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? You, you just don't care, and, and you, I neither. Don't care. Do... Yeah, just, I don't have anything to lose, Rob. Because I'm insane. That's why I go after these politicians. That's why I call them out. Because honestly, Rob, when I first when I first started going and speaking to politicians at city council meetings, school school board meetings, when I was serious, they didn't pay attention. But yes. once you acted absurd and you started mocking them and cutting, you know, kind of like cutting down their ego and bringing them back to life or back to reality. That's when I became really popular, and I think in the culture were more effective in getting the message across. Tell me about the city of Allen where you dressed up as Ronnie the Rat to go to uh, yeah. the city hall. Now, listen, what's really funny is you, you fell, he fell for your name. Didn't he call you Ronnie Therrett? And then you stood yeah. up and said, no, I'm actually Ronnie the Rat wearing a rat costume. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I spelled it, you know, to, for his, you know, he, he was so professional because I had a T-H-E-R-A-T-T. Because I didn't want it to say Ronnie the Rat, so he did. He gave it the the you know the the uh, correct pronunciation. Yes. But we're, we're neither here nor there. And what the point I was trying to make, and you saw Joe Rogan was talking about it, how now there's schools in California that are putting litter boxes in the classroom. Yes. Yeah, gone so far with this transitional agenda, whatever you want to call it, transgender. Now they're they're you know going into trans species, which is. I mean, as absurd as it gets, yes. so I, that's really kind of what I was just trying to do is bring attention to that. But Ronnie the Rat is a cultural icon. i got to bring it back. I think i got to bring it back in Wednesday in Dallas. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe how much people like that costume. Well, you know, you could actually demand a litter box at the next council meeting if you if if you dressed up, you know, because they wouldn't want to. They wouldn't be to be, uh, you know, uh, what, a species phobic. Could you imagine, Rob, if I Dude. walked in there with a tub of litter and poured it on the ground, what would they say? I mean, oh. I wonder if they would arrest me. I have no idea. <laughs> that would no. be hilarious. I just, the thing is, well, this is the other thing, is, Rob, one of these events, they want to arrest me. I mean, I always color within the lines, and you yeah. do have your, this thing. You have more of a constitutional right to say what you want in those meetings than you do on the Internet. I guess that was the point I was yes. trying to make earlier. And that's yeah. one of the few places you can speak freely, but... but Regardless, in Dallas, the Mayor Johnson, the doctor, I mean, his name's Eric Johnson, he hates my guts. I mean, yes. hates my guts. I love so he it. he would love any excuse to throw me in jail, but I think that would be hilarious. Well, you know, the cool thing is that you're able to make a point with absurdity uh, rather than, than these uh, dumbasses who uh, go into grocery stores and pour the milk out on the floor or throw tomato soup on a Van Gogh painting. I mean, honestly, at least you're, you're making a point with humor and you're making a valid point. They're just being 
morons. But, Alex, I want to ask you this, because I, I posited this, and I'm not letting it go. Because I have been writing, I started writing for Rush Limbaugh in 1989, probably before you were born. And when I signed on to the Rush Limbaugh show and I was in his first book, I basically sealed my fate for ever being a late-night talk show host. Because, I mean, I did. Dude, Alex, you know as well as I do, it's a lot easier to be a liberal, particularly if you're a liberal entertainer or a liberal pundit. Uh, and, and, and there has been an apartheid in this country against conservatives. If you notice, uh, like Newsmax and Fox News, a lot of our advertisers are, you know, 50% of is Mike Lindell. Yeah. You know why? Because we use Tide, we drive Ford cars, but they won't touch us. But they'll go over to Stephen Colbert, who is a radical leftist. Why is this, Alex? We had a we 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 are facing what anybody, if you look at a textbook, um, a, a textbook definition of apartheid, we are and now officially governing sanctioned a group of people who are being discriminated against in every way shape and form every aspect of society what are your thoughts on that no you're exactly right and i like you bring up rush limbaugh because you know he was a cultural icon in the broadcasting business but there is a time when howard stern was number one on the radio howard stern back in the 90s and he would compete with rush because rush i think had more am stations so technically he was even more syndicated than howard and at that time you know it was his conservatism was not that you know wasn't that big a deal you know and howard stern was this real edgy guy throwing the baloney on the women and then by the time Rush passed away, Rush was considered way more extreme than Howard Stern. So that's how insane it has gotten. For saying that you want to be against abortion or that you don't like an open border, that is considered more extreme than sexually you know, assaulting basically women live on your radio show. So that's how crazy things have gotten. When Rush yeah. Limbaugh is considered a villain when he's as, mer- as American as it gets, in my opinion. It, it really is remarkable. And, and you had mentioned, I saw you on Twitter the other day, I think you were talking with Tucker, about uh, the uh, just everything being upside down and all of this absurdity, all of this CRT, all of this transgender nonsense, all of this crap that is going on is really meant to d- just uh, wreck the country, Just I guess, to get us focused on so many things we can't focus on the real things, which is a Marxist takeover of our country. I'd like to hear your thoughts on all of this nonsense and how it's impacting us in the middle here. Well, that's 100% what it is, cultural Marxism, where now, I mean, it's just, we are in the upside-down world where people like, you know, Elizabeth Warren will say a pregnancy crisis or somebody trying to save a baby. I don't think it gets any more upside-down than that. And even, you know, I keep harping on, harping on the abortion stuff, but even pro-choice people, even people that are pro-abortion believe that there should be a term limit of when the abortion should take place. But these politicians like Kamala Harris, they want to have abortion up until after birth in some circumstances. So that is sick. That is demonic. That's not even what the American people want. So right now we basically have this cultural Marxist state where people get clout on the Internet for being pro-abortion or being pro-mask. Uh, and if you try to speak out against that stuff, you literally get deleted from the Internet. And, and yeah. that, that goes for our 45th president. So if they can delete him, then it's just, guys, we're all next. Now, did you hear um, over the weekend uh, Truth Social? Uh, Truth Social made it onto the uh, Android app uh, thanks to Google finally giving in. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on, uh, on uh, like, for instance, I think Twitter is going to have to change their ways. There's no longer going to be the faculty lounge when, uh, when Elon Musk takes over. And, and that will at least allow people like Donald Trump on it. Facebook, I think, is scrawd. Uh, I think it's going to have to blow up and be reinvented. Uh, what are your thoughts about the existing social media platforms versus uh, Truth Social and Getter and other emerging platforms? Well, Facebook is dead. 
I'm I'm pretty. I've become popular in the last year on YouTube and talking to other YouTubers. It's not even close to what it used to be like in 2016. Now, if you're now basically one of these blue checkmark paid companies, you know nothing in the algorithm shoots you or gets suggested to you as a YouTube creator. It's very hard. So so that that medium's dead. Twitter is one of the last few mediums where something can go viral, but they have the strictest ban policy and ban evasion stuff. So until like you said, they fix that. Are you there, Alex? I Go ahead. Sorry. I'm here. Can you hear me? Sorry if I cut out. Yeah, go ahead. That's okay. What I'm saying is Twitter is the last place where something can actually organically go viral. So even though it's terrible with their ban evasion policies, it's almost like a necessary evil. And because they don't want us on those platforms, because they want us on the auxiliary platforms that have a small audience, we should. that should be even more of a reason to stay on the platforms that they don't want us. You see what I'm what, saying, Rob? Let me ask you this. Me... We need to be there more, more so. Uh, I I agree. Although I stopped, I'm I'm done with Facebook. I'm done. I'm tired of the abuse. I'm tired. I'm tired of the abuse. I was a part of a network of 29 Facebook pages. Uh, I knew a man who paid a half a million dollars to get reach. He had uh, he had. Uh, uh, 18 million followers on all of those. I used to do live broadcasts on Facebook, and I would get emojis streaming across the, the page and comments. It looked like, I don't even know, a ticker take from Wall Street or something. It, 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 thousands watching. And one day, October the 31st, 2018, all of them disappeared on Facebook. They got rid of all of them. They also yeah. got rid of the, the, the walk-away movement. Remember that? There were half a yeah, million people walking away from the Democrat Party. Facebook made them disappear. So as far as Facebook is concerned, they can go bleep themselves. Uh, Twitter, with Elon Musk taking over, I'll hang out there and wait and see what happens. But what about YouTube? Has YouTube lightened up at all? Are they still doing the same crap? Because I've given up on YouTube, too. Yeah, I mean, YouTube, you get a strike. You say anything about the vaccine. You say anything about anything, basically, about the election. is just persona non grata. So, yeah, I mean, YouTube's very delicate. And like you said, you build up these audiences. You have half a million people. You have, you know, a quarter of a million people on my YouTube or Instagram. And just at, 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 at the click of a mouse, they can just take it all from you. And that's yeah. the most depressing and scary thing about this, the most anxiety part. It's not going up and saying, oh, AOC, you're a big booty Latina. That's that's easy. What, yeah. What's hard is worrying about your freaking channel just going away in the, you know, blink of an eye because the technocrats don't agree with what you're saying. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you, Alex, because Alex, you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a troublemaker, and I love that about you. I think you're freaking fantastic, <laughs> I, and I am to some degree a troublemaker because I'm just tired of this crap. I'm not going to be called racist anymore. I'm not going to, and every time, when I, I, you know, when I do my show, I just basically said, if you say what I say is misinformation or disinformation, you know I'm right. And I'm done. And I'm not going to be silenced. I think the 2020 election was stolen. I know COVID was overplayed for the for, for political reasons. All of this stuff. And you know why? Because I'm not stupid, Alex. And I won't be yeah. shut down. I won't be shut down. But, but um, when it comes to you, I mean, how are you able to get traction when you do things like this? Well, really, it's kind of like I'm using uh, Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals against them. You know, a lot of what they do is projection. Like, they accuse us of doing what they're really doing. So really, it's kind of just being absurd and causing as much chaos to bring attention to their absurdity. So I guess the, boom, uh, you know, that's what it is. It's culture jamming. It's you know what you just did? You know what you just did? Do you have any idea what you just did? Do you want to know one of Rush Limbaugh's mantra was to use absurdity to exemplify the absurd? That's what Rush did so well. That's what I did with him by writing comedy for him. Because we could take something that's completely absurd, make a point maybe disarm the opposition enough that they think Ronnie the Rat is funny and you're not stricken because you're dressed like a rat, but you're still getting the point across. 100%. And, and you kind of have to give them some medicine, to, to some, some sugar to help the medicine go down, as they say.
Have you had to uh, consider getting certain shots being a rodent? Uh, are there some things you need to concern as far as lifestyle changes if you're going to remain no. a rodent? <laughs> no, but I'm not allowed in any Chuck E. The Cheeses, so my diet, you know, that's my favorite restaurant. As, as I'm trying to go, hey, hit up the Chuck E. Cheese ladies. But, no, uh, uh, and let me just tell you something, Rob. I really appreciate yeah. you having me on Newsmax. Because, you know, it is, it is, it does kind of stink, though. I, I was just in uh, Chicago, Lyle, Illinois, doing a concert with Bryson Gray and a guy named Forgiato Blow, and Vice was uh, covering it, kind of doing like a hit piece on what they call yes. MAGA rappers. And at the end of it, you know, we had a great show. It was family-friendly, no cussing. Uh, at the end of the show, we were like, well, what would you think? You know, you thought this was going to be like a Klan rally or something. You thought this was going to be so scary, and it was like a lot of black people. It was all mixed race. It wasn't yeah. exactly what you thought. Because it was. Everything was great, except there was a lot of young kids here. Who said, well, Bryson's music appeals to young kids. What do you think about drag queen story time for young kids? <laughs> and see the vice versa, like, oh, that's different. We're like, oh, my gosh. So that's yeah. kind of where we're at is how absurd things are. She thinks it's absurd because there's some Christian rappers on the stage. If they don't think it's absurd when a male in a thong is reading a story time to a child. It's ridiculous. Now, one other thing, Alex, and, and I want to mention this. Something I noticed this weekend, and, uh, you know, I do a, a political comedy show on uh, Newsmax. Uh, we know that Greg Gutfeld is absolutely kicking ass. He's beating late night without big ba- name bands, without Chris Ra, or without, you know, whoever the, the flavor of the day actor or band is. He doesn't do it. But you know what I thought was really cool is that he has taken his show and he's shown the conservatives can use sexual innuendo. And he's shown that conservatives can talk like you and me instead of acting like you're in church all the time. And I, it's, it, and I think that'll have an enormous amount of appeal to people, knowing that conservatives can be funny, you can still use a little in, innuendo, you can still be PG-13, and it's okay! Yeah, and, and Rob, that's the other thing. It's like we don't want to be perverted. You know, a lot of no. people on the left are so perverted. But we wouldn't be here without sex. Like, you know, I mean, they're saying sex isn't as taboo as a thing. I'm not saying we should all be sex or over-sexualized. But no. making jokes, insinuating the procreation method of life, it's not that absurd. Yes. It's not that absurd. Yes. It's actually none of us would be here without it. So I, I do think that there is, should be some sort of conservative, I don't know, sexual revolution where we're not too afraid to be too um, Bible banger. Not that we shouldn't respect the Bible. I'm just saying we don't want to come across as like, you know, uh, too politically yes. correct because that's kind of what the left does. So we of want course. to be a little more uh, open-ended and accepting, I feel. Yeah, like. it's. It, I, I think it's it's fascinating, and I and I I got to tell you, um, I'm optimistic about the future, bro. I really am. One more, you got 30 seconds. Uh, November the eighth. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm worried. I can't hardly trust. Uh, I don't know with these machines. It's hard to I have know. a lot of trust. But but if there's a huge red wave, like they say, I mean, hopefully Oz will be Fetterman. I don't know. Fetterman's a monster. Hopefully Carrie Lake wins. Blake Masters. I mean, I hope. I hope. Obviously, Beto right. loses. But we'll see. I just, uh, I'll be able to give you a better perspective on my trust level on November 9th. All right, bro. We got to go. You're on Twitter at AlexStein99. Anywhere else they can find you? Just Instagram, YouTube. If you can't find me, you're not looking. I'm everywhere. Thank you. All right, bro. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Good to have you on. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. 
Truth Social, the uh, social media platform created by Donald Trump, soared to the top of the Android app uh, download charts after being allowed in the Google Play Store this week. Uh, Google had been actively uh, uh, discriminating against Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans because there is a conservative apartheid happening in our country that is officially uh, it is officially sanctioned by the United States government, and that makes it apartheid. For thought, for belief, uh, you see that uh, there are people who have sat near the uh, entrances to abortion clinics. Uh, Eleven of them have been arrested in very violent raids, fully armed, including a woman who's 80 years old uh, by the FBI. The FBI has been weaponized. Meanwhile, there are over 100 of these crisis pregnancy centers, which are, there are no better places in the world. As far as the well-being of human beings and unborn children, there is nothing wrong with, an abor- uh, with a crisis pregnancy center. There's nothing wrong with it. They take a woman who is going through the most uh, terrifying, stressful time in her life where many of the time she is left alone by the other responsible party in the, um, in the pregnancy to deal with it on her own. And these crisis pregnancy centers say, come in, let's talk How can we make it so you can keep your baby and realize the glory that is the birth of a child and how that child will impact you the rest of your life? There's nothing better. There's nothing better in life. And evil Elizabeth Warren says that uh, uh, crisis pregnancy centers are, are evil. Or whatever. Honestly, you're you're at an all-time low when you you say publicly that you uh, want to shut down, or uh, you won't say anything about crisis pregnancy centers being burned to the ground or vandalized. It's it. Honestly, if you're with that party, then you know what? Go uh, go to hell with them. As far as I'm concerned, if you're, if you're down, just go to hell with your party, because. I don't care if everything else in the Democrat Party is okay, but the day that you say a baby can be aborted right before birth, then, you know, honestly, our, our, uh, our, our discussion's over. You are broken. There's, no, there's nothing that's going to save you at this point if you're cool with that. Or if you were cool like so many with vaccine passports and people literally, uh, you know, lock these people up who aren't getting vaccines. I, I, did, a, I did a post over the weekend. And Howard Stern, Howard Stern there, you know, saying that he wanted uh, people who didn't get the vaccine arrested and all that. And I said, those are the kind of people who would line up with our enemies and put us on train cars without any problem. That's that mindset. When you're so down with a false narrative from a government that you are willing to demonize the opposition or anyone disagrees with you and punish them with the rule of law for expressing that they don't want a vaccine, they don't want to comply Those are the kind of people, those are the useful idiots who uh, guard prison camps. Yeah, I said it. All right, let's take a break. Come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response the rob carson show 
Last hour of the show, Jenna Ellis will join us. She is a uh, lawyer, was a member of the Trump legal team. She's also a podcaster. She's also a political pundit. She's awesome. And we'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour about, uh, you know, prospects, what's going on in the country. Um, If you get a chance, and I don't want to... One of the things that I've always uh, prided myself with uh, broadcasting is to use the platform for the better good. Um, You know, it's entertain, inform, motivate others to do good. Those are three things that I've tried to do with the uh, with the my entertainment career. And um, you probably don't need to be told this, but there are a lot of people suffering in the country. And if you're not, if you're not having to cut back on Thanksgiving this year, you know, I hope that you might consider helping out. Uh, a local food bank, um, or, or my personal favorite is the Salvation Army. Um, the Salvation Army, we got a letter from the Salvation Army, and they're wishing us a happy Thanksgiving. And, hey, did you know if you give us this, we can provide meals? And, and, uh, and I bet you, and I'm, I know that there are a lot of people who are um, hell asking for help more than ever, more than ever we've seen in our lives. I think more than in my life, and I've been on the planet uh, 56 years, my birthday's coming up, the 23rd. Um, <clears throat> but in my lifetime, I don't think I've seen anything like this. And uh, uh, I've, I've seen it when I'm in the, the store, and I, I went to Walmart over the weekend, and I went to another store over the weekend. And, and it's just, it's, it, it, there is a weight on people now that is... Uh, something that I haven't seen before, um, and and if you you know, and I've, I've mentioned this, there are a lot of people who can't shop, uh, you know, can't shop at Walmart, and those are the people that and I shop at Walmart. Those are the people the elites look down on shopping at Walmart. I mean, who shops at Walmart? They got entire sites dedicated to freaky people at Walmart, and and nothing against the freaky people at Walmart. There are a lot of freaky people at Walmart, but uh, I don't think no, you know, is I would venture to say that some of the people I've seen at Whole Foods are as freaky. Uh, at least the people in Walmart don't have gauged ears and a uh, a nose piercing that looks like something they'd put in the nose of a bull. You know, they're in that, and then tats up and down. And then, you know, if you decide you want to tattoo your face, you go right ahead. But uh, I look at people at Walmart, average people at Walmart, maybe wearing clothes are a little too tight, uh, pale by comparison to some of the freaks I've seen in, uh, you know, Starbucks and whatnot. But uh, I, pr- I prefer the Salvation Army, but certainly food banks uh, need your help. And if you got something, you can help them out, please. You know, you don't need to hear this from me. You already know. But I just I get depressed when I hear one in five people are saying they're going to skip Thanksgiving. And I just think that's a, that is a tragedy to me because Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday. It, it is marvelous. It's marvelous. Thanksgiving is is to me incredible, and I'm not, it's not about proselytizing. It's not about put your hand on the Bible and come forward. Hey, this is a Reverend Rob. It's stop. Look at what you have. Be thankful for it. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Uh, Anthony Fauci said he has nothing to do with making schools close. He had nothing to do with any of this. No, he was just an innocent bystander. This is Jim Gossett with his Fauci impression. And now the end is near And I'll be leaving In December Going back to the little And when Fauci is gone Hollow tree making cookies I hope that people I ain't gonna eat his cookies Won't remember That I was such a fraud Oh how I lied in such a sly way, but more 
What Anthony? Much more than this. You little toad. I did it my way. And he got really rich. Fauci, I am. I wrote the book to play both sides and be a crook. I got big bucks from the Wuhan lab. America, you paid the tab. I faced it all from Rand Paul and did it Fauci's way. In other words, he bleeped it out. I'll make more dough before I If you want to hear those songs, just listen to the podcast, by the way. It's uh, uh, the Rob Carson Show podcast. Just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast for all ballistics. So, um, Anthony Fauci. Oh, do you realize how many people got really rich because of COVID? Like J.B. Pritzker, the uh, the governor of Illinois. I mean, went up in value dramatically. Nancy Pelosi's self-worth has gone up. Anthony Fauci's made like $10 million. Uh, during. It's just funny, right? It's just kind of funny. And then, and then you got these things like uh, uh, Alex uh, Berenson. Uh, oh, let me see. Top, top Biden advisor. Um, actually is a member of uh, the, uh, the advisory board for Pfizer. Did you know that? Did you know that? Former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson claims that a prominent Pfizer board member and former top Biden administration advisor secretly pressured Twitter to censor him on the big social media platform over his questions about COVID, the COVID vaccine. Now, uh, this guy is um, uh, citing emails. Uh, Scott Gottlieb is the person in question. He was a commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration from 2017 to 2019, resigned and was named to Pfizer's board of directors three months later. Did you know that? Gottlieb, who Pfizer paid almost pays almost $400,000 a year to, to sit on its board, uh, uh, including its highest-level executive committee, began the final act in a secret month-long conspiracy to suppress m- uh, basic rights against Alex Berenson. So you got a, a Biden administration official leaving in 2019 to work for Pfizer. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't that? And then working actively to shut down conservative speech when it disagreed with the narrative. You know, all of that stuff with regard to the, uh, uh, the vaccine. Here's a little bit from, uh, from this, uh, this Mr. Berenson about being censored online. But what we know is that there's a guy named Andy Slavitt who, uh, who was in the White House as a senior advisor to the Biden administration's COVID response team. And as early as April 2021, Slavitt was talking to Twitter about why, you know, who I was and that I was a problem for the White House. And I was discouraging people from getting the vaccines, which the White House wanted, and asking them why they hadn't banned me. So we know that. And we know that in July, as vaccine efficacy was fading, the administration very publicly and privately got upset and wanted the social media platforms, including Twitter, including Facebook, to start banning people. And, 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 and President Biden said on July 16th of 2021 that Facebook and other platforms were, quote unquote, killing people by allowing uh, people like me who were asking yes. reasonable questions about the vaccines on their platforms. OK, yeah, we got uh, we got screwed 
Uh, same goes with the uh, election of 2020. Same goes with uh, Hunter's laptop. Uh, they colluded with the federal government. Big social media and the federal government worked together like Pravda and Izvestia with uh, the former Soviet Union to uh, shut down speech. These uh, bastards have to pay. This is Anthony Fauci on ABC TV. Now, uh, realize that he admitted in mid-April 2020 that he and Dr. Burks, Deborah Burks, persuaded President Trump to lock down the U.S. economy, knowing the massive destruction that would cause in jobs, lives, learning, child development, and whatnot. And then they put the pedal to the metal with Biden as the president. Here is uh, Tony Fauci saying it didn't have anything to do with shutting down schools. Was it a mistake in so many states, in so many localities, uh, to see schools closed as long as they were? I think in some case, I, w- I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context. You know, I think it was a mistake because I have two kids at home who are suffering from the impact of these idiotic, god-awful, fear-porn merchants. That you're asking me the question on. Well, did, was uh, it, did uh, we pay I, too high a price? Yeah, I would say that what we should realize and have realized that there will be deleterious collateral consequences. This is where he goes into the uh, the uh, college uh, boardroom gobbledygook to cover up his answer. When you do something like that, this idea that this virus doesn't afflict children is not so. It does. We've lost close to 1,500 kids so far. Now, um, one million people supposedly died from COVID. Let's think about that. Supposedly, one million people have died from COVID in our country. Where's the memorial? Why aren't we reminded every day of the one million people who died from COVID? Normally, if a million people in your population die, uh, memorials, uh, investigations to why it happened and all that, or you're just being lied to. Or you're just being lied to. Here's uh, Fauci talking about not closing schools again, and then a little a little montage to say that he was completely down with it. Do you regret particularly the last one, the shutdown, the sweeping shutdown that some yeah. said made things worse? No, I, I, I don't, uh, Neil. And in fact, I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. And the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down a country. We know that we can do that if we shut down. Well, I think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country, I think is important. Well, if I knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect. I wonder what his mother thought about uh, breeding with a weasel on controlling and creating their son the spread obviously we would have shut down earlier there are those who say you shut down you destructive things by disrupting the economy and others say well if you save so many infections by shutting down why didn't you shut down two weeks earlier but i don't regret saying that the only way we could have really stopped the explosion of infection was by essentially um, i want to say shutting down I mean, essentially having the... Yeah, you know what? Uh, We will not be able to quantify 
uh, what this did to our children and our country and our economy. And, and we need to hear from the young sung voices out there, the, the people who are not being, uh, being spoken about. Those of you who lost businesses, had your restaurant shut down, had your lives destroyed, had your children's lives destroyed. Uh, I've got a little bit more on this I want to share with you, including um, how children have been impacted, particularly young children. And then even old Bill Maher, even old Bill Maher had to admit that maybe the government really bleep things up. That's coming up on The Rob Carson Show. The left has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's The Rob Carson Show. Going to be talking to Jenna Ellis at the bottom of the hour. So a pandemic of the vaccinated new data from Walgreens. Walgreens? Hello, Walgreens. Reveals that vaccinated people are more likely to test positive, which kind of means uh, probably the vaccine was was a joke. According to recent data from over 8,000 Walgreens stores in the United States, the unvaccinated have the lowest incidence of COVID-19. Vaccinated people are more likely to test positive. Now, uh, I went last year, I was invited to New York City to broadcast live. We're going back, by the way. Woohoo! Yay! To the Newsmax uh, HQ out there. And uh, is the most uh, vaccinated, the most uh, uh, vaccine-passported place in America. I even went to a holiday party that was guaranteed a vaccination. I had a pass because I had medical reason. I come back from New York and uh, I got COVID. I got it. It was, it was, uh, it was not fun. But I, I am now confident that my, uh, you know, it seems my immune system is rocking. But there you go, guys. Walgreens released Monday uh, from uh, April to May. It showed that uh, unvaccinated have the lowest positivity rate for COVID. Triple and double vaxxed have the worst. Don't get the booster. I mean, no, I'm not going to offer back. Do what you want to do. I'm just saying you might want to think about it. And certainly with kids. Dear Lord. Now, this is where it gets thoroughly disgusting. New study published by the academic uh, journal Archives of Disease in Childhood on October the 11th revealed that COVID-19 lockdowns, mass mandates, and related social isolation adversely impacted babies. Social communication skills, in addition to lockdown, babies being uh, uh, less likely than previous cohorts to utter their first words before their first birthday. They were also less likely to perform nonverbal communicative gestures. For instance, whereas pre-pandemic, 89.3% of infants would verbalize one definite and meaningful word, i.e. mama and dada, at 12 months, only 76% of lockdown babies were able to. That's a drop of 13 points. Study found that 87.7% of lockdown babies could wave goodbye by the age of one, whereby 94.9% of pre-pandemic babies were able. You see, you need to be able to see people's faces. Mask-wearing babies and their parents and uh, daycare center operators missed the opportunity of meeting a normal circle of people outside the family, including other babies and grandparents. The masking of faces had a significant impact as babies from six months of age tend to shift their gaze from the eyes of the mouth to the mouth, I should say. That and all of the kids who are way behind in schools have ungodly, unnecessary levels of anxiety. 
because you go to school and you think you're going to die unless you wear a stupid mask and everybody is terrified they're going to die. My daughter, I told you this, 2,600 people, students, faculty, staff, 2,600 people at the school. Nobody died of COVID. How's that possible? It's the worst pandemic in the history of mankind. How is it possible? One million people died. And yet Democrats have moved on. One million people died. They don't want to know where it came from. They don't want to try to keep it from happening again. They're just letting one million people go bye-bye. Because you know why? Because they're freaking playing you. And then there's this. This is troubling, and I'm very concerned about it. Evidence of unexpected rapid, pr- rapid progression of lymphomatic lesions was detected in a man recently diagnosed diagnosed with angioimmunoblastic T-cell lymphoma. It's rare, but not always aggressive, fast-moving forms of peripheral T-cell lymphoma are happening after getting the vaccine. Now, I know this is very, and I'll, I'll get an expert on it, but basically, Michael Goldman, a, a Belgian pro-vaccine doctor and a professor at the Free University of Brussels, Belgium, specializing in internal medicine and immunology, was diagnosed with lymphoma, a general term for cancers that start in the lymph system. He got his uh, vaccine, and then he's written this, uh, this case called Rapid Regression of what I just mentioned, uh, and mRNA vaccine booster shot a case report. Here's from the report, 66-year-old man with no significant mental history except for hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, type 2 diabetes, presented September the 1st with cervical uh, lymph, lympho, whatever, that became recently apparent during a flu-like syndrome. So basically, he had cancer, and he got two doses of the vaccine, and the cancer went nuts in his body. Went nuts in his body. Within a few days of being boasted, uh, Goldman's cancer symptoms, including night sweats, tiredness, inflamed lymph nodes, worsened. He took another computer uh, tomography CT scan, and the results were horrific. The pictures showed a brand-new barrage of cancer lesions, so many spots that it looked like someone had set off fireworks inside of his body. More than that, the lesions were now prominent on both sides of his body, with new clusters blooming on his right armpit which is the same side he got the vaccine on. Now, I'm just saying we need to investigate this, and I'm going to mention this to you. I just had a friend who lives up the street from me die within weeks of lymphatic cancer. Came out of nowhere, didn't know what it came from. I have two people in my life who are battling stage four cancer. Both of them are in their 70s. Both of them got vaccine, vaccinated and double vaccinated. If you consider all of the things our government has lied about, would this be a possibility? Dan Bongino, my friend on Fox News, he said getting the vaccine was the worst mistake he ever made in his life. He is a cancer survivor. All right? So uh, we'll we'll get into this more, and I'll get some experts on to talk about it. But uh, it's time we knew the truth, and those who lied pay for it. Jenna Ellis is on the way. I wouldn't go anywhere if I were you. It's the Rob Carson Show. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of my favorite guests, 
joins us on the phone this morning. It's Monday. We're starting things off with a bang. Uh, Jenna Ellis is joining us on the Newsmax Hotline. She's a constitutional law attorney. She hosts her own podcast, Newsmax contributor, former legal counsel to Donald Trump, working with Doug Mastriano, the next governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Hey, Jenna, how you doing? Great to talk with you, Rob. It's a great Monday. How are you? It's glorious. Now, uh, last week I, I had uh, talked to you briefly, and there are uh, mixed polls coming out of Pennsylvania. One of them had uh, Mastriano down uh, eight points. And then Rasmus on, on Friday came out with a five-point advantage for Mastriano over Josh Shapiro. I also heard today Trafalgar says uh, that uh, that uh, uh, Doug is down nine. Um, I have a feeling it's somewhere in between, and I would say much closer to a neck-and-neck neck race. Uh, what What is your gut and your, um, your insider position telling you about the race in Pennsylvania between those two candidates? Yeah, I agree. I think it's much closer to margin of error. And, uh, you know, listen, a lot of these are designed to be suppression polls. Uh, to, to tell Republicans, oh, you know, the race is already gone, so don't even bother coming out and turning out. Um, we've seen suppression polls in the last uh, several elections, especially uh, given, you know, President Trump and, and all of the America First candidates. And so, um, you know, the bottom line is that the polls ultimately don't matter. What matters is the turnout and the actual votes. And so everyone who is in Pennsylvania needs to get out and vote, and especially people who you know, maybe uh, are the Republicans that didn't originally support Doug Mastriano. I've seen a few uh, comments on, you know, social media saying, well, we would have preferred a different candidate. Well, yeah. Well, would you really prefer Josh Shapiro? I don't think so. So, you know, everyone needs to get behind and rally uh, with Doug Mastriano, who uh, needs to be the next governor of Pennsylvania. It's also so important for all of these people and everyone across the Republican spectrum, including uh, the, you know, the, these Republicans that I'm talking about, are very concerned about election integrity. They're very concerned about what we've seen in Pennsylvania and you know across the country, but particularly in Pennsylvania. And uh, the, the next governor of Pennsylvania is going to appoint the next secretary of state who will administer the next election. So that is an important oh. facet of this election that we've got to, got to turn out for Doug. Well, I began to, I got to know Doug a couple of years ago, right after 2020, because he was willing to step up and say, hey man, you know what, they did a lot of stuff here in Pennsylvania that was outside uh of the uh, the purview of what should be allowed in election uh, laws, they, they there were there was a lot of changing of election rules in states like Pennsylvania. Uh, let's face it, Philadelphia has always been a bastion of corruption, so it would be good news if Doug got to be the uh, governor and he could not only uncover all the the nonsense but also change how things are done. I've been looking at your social media this morning. There's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, good news for independents. What independents now? Now, uh, it looks like more than 50% of independents are leaning toward Republicans this year. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. And it's also not surprising, really. I mean, when you yeah. see, even on generic ballots, how much uh, Democrats, moderates, and independents, um, the, you know, the moderate Democrats, are even leaning toward Republican candidates because they've seen how much of a absolute disaster the Biden administration has been. They've seen, you know, the the ridiculous unselect sham of a January 6th committee that's doing nothing except trying to persecute their political opponents. Um, and, and this is all impacting them day to day with these horrendous policies. And so even on the state level, they're 
seeing that, you know, it's really the Republicans that actually care about uh, protecting and preserving the rights and freedoms of every American and making our country uh, the best and the most free that it can be. And so that's very encouraging as well. And so even though you can go head to head on a a particular race and, you know, we can talk about the ins and outs of just uh, uh, Mastriano versus Shapiro, I think over all and, and across the country, we're seeing a resurgence of a red wave because uh, everyone is just and everyone logical and who cares about freedom is so yeah. fed up with the Democrats. What did you think about some of the debates this weekend? Uh, did you get a chance to see any of them in particular? I know you've probably seen highlights. You're like me. You kind of tra- gather as much as you can. Uh, I saw the uh, good share of the uh, uh, of the Warnock, Warnock Walker debate. I think that uh, that uh, Herschel Walker is very simple, uh, simple uh, language. He uses very simple language, but I thought he pretty much owned uh, Warnock. And I think the reason I know that is because nobody was covering the debate after the debate. There was no liberal media saying that Raphael Warnock knocked it out of the ballpark uh what do you have to say about that and did you did you notice anything else uh that happened this weekend with regard to uh debates yeah i i fully agree with that and i think that you can always tell when the democrats uh, know that their candidate is so bad that they're not even willing to you know try to have the spin afterwards on social media they just kind of want to ignore that it happened but the thing that didn't happen this weekend that i noticed was that there was no debate against uh, Mastriano with Shapiro. There was no debate against uh, Kerry yes. Lake from Katie Hobbs in Arizona. Yep. You know, and, and so we always have to ask ourselves, why are these Democrats hiding in their basement like Joe yep. Biden did, pretending to be moderate, lying to their constituents that they are going to be these moderate governors, you know, all for the people, when they're going to end up doing exactly what Joe Biden did, running a campaign, saying that he's a moderate, getting into office and being the worst disaster possible. And so for the Democrats that are unwilling to debate, I think we have to give a solid win to the Republican candidates who want to debate. And we continue we continually have to ask on social media and press those Democrats, why are you afraid to debate? Well, for Josh Shapiro, it's because his record is so bad. He is not a moderate. He is a far progressive leftist when it comes to crime and the crime that is up in Pennsylvania when it comes to the LGBT agenda. I mean, he worked and uh, and with alongside uh, Rachel Levine. I mean, that was part of his administration that he has been happy about. He was the one that uh, sued the little sisters of the poor over uh, religious liberty issues. He's the one that sued to keep your kids in masks. I mean, all of these things he doesn't want to answer in a debate. And so he wants to tweet but he doesn't want to debate. So what I saw over the weekend was a lot of Democrats just hiding. Yeah, it's interesting. Also, uh, did you know that Wawa is closing two of its big stores in Philadelphia because of the uh, ransacking that they have experienced there? And this is the same sort of crap that has happened in San Francisco, uh, smashing grab robberies, uh, wilding, uh, uh, going into bodegas and attacking people, stealing them blind. And now uh, that has come to Pennsylvania and and it's happened under Josh Shapiro's watch. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about social media. Media. Um, a couple things going on. Uh, you had mentioned, well, 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 first of all, Kanye West apparently is going to buy Parlor. Now, he's done his very, I don't know what he's trying to do. He, he's just saying these things that uh, uh, are rather anti Semitic if he's trying, I don't know what he's trying to do. Uh, 
uh, going after Parler after you know shooting his mouth off after what was I thought a terrific interview on Tucker Carlson that may have brought some believers to his side of the uh, of the equation maybe that he was uh, you know uh, making sense and then he you know says a bunch of stupid crap uh, but what do you think about this Parler buy and and uh, and Kanye West? Yeah, well, nobody, nobody should be defending his tweet that he got suspended for. I mean, uh, whether or not he should have gotten suspended, I think, is a different question, because even if people say horrendous things, they say uh, what is obviously hate speech, in my view, it's still, okay, we can call it hate speech, nobody will defend it, but that's still not worthy of a suspension on Twitter, because people can, unfortunately, in this country, have uh, anti-Semitic uh, thoughts and tendencies and even, you know, even speak that out on Twitter. But everyone yeah. can slam him for it because that's the free marketplace of ideas. Right. I would um, I would not say that someone should be suspended just for saying something that is that foul and that disgusting. Just like, uh, you know, people say foul and disgusting things, you know, against me, against conservatives, against Trump, against all kinds of things. You still see them on Twitter. Right. So that hypocrisy aside, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Kanye tweeted something that he knew would get him suspended so that then he can come out and say, oh, I'm buying Parler and this is going to be the new free marketplace and kind of generate that. But I think it was a really bad call to do something that was so disgusting as to be anti-Semitic and to to tweet something like that. I mean, you know, why not say something against Biden or about COVID that, you know, everybody understands and agrees with that gets you suspended so that you can say, okay, Twitter is bad, and therefore we need to look for a new platform. So I don't think it was the right strategy, but that's what it appears to me. All right. Now, I noticed a couple of your tweets this weekend, and you clearly can see uh, a number of, uh, of people uh, leaving your uh, Twitter page, meaning that uh, Twitter is, is uh, dropping the number of people on your on your feed. Uh, explain to me real quick, because uh, you seem to be very, very successful on Twitter. You've got a lot of followers. But what sort of crap is uh, Twitter pulling on you and other conservatives right now before the election? Yeah, so, you know, they've gone through a number of these Twitter purges where, you know, I'll log in and I have... Uh, 900,000 uh, followers, and then suddenly, you know, I lose 6,000, and then I log in two hours later, and it's down 10,000, you know, and, and, and yeah. it's not just me. It's a bunch of other uh, prominent conservatives that have these, you know, um, high follower counts, and um, everyone is losing um, a significant percentage of their followers. And so whether that's a purge um, of conservatives where they're purging bots in the wake of, you know, the, the Elon potential acquisition or whether they're unfollowing people who actually want to hear from influencers uh, like me and others. Um, because I've, I've had a number of people come to me saying, I, have, I keep having to re-follow you every yeah. time this happens. So, you know, this is just manipulation by big tech. It shouldn't happen. And I do hope that Elon Musk ultimately does acquire Twitter because, you know, I don't think he's the most stalwart conservative that no. ever existed. He doesn't claim to be. But he is a believer in free speech, and I think he would administer Twitter a heck of a lot better than their current owners. All right, I got to ask you about um, about Tulsi Gabbard because I uh, talked about her the other day, and she came out and she left the Democrat Party. My th- my big question was, what the hell took you so long? Why didn't you do whatever? What? Uh, but I uh, listen. I heard her uh, uh, following interviews, follow up, and I and I'm like, dang, she gets it. And and I would tend to lean toward her uh, being absolutely genuine because she hasn't jumped to the Republican Party. She has right. left the Democrat Party. She is maintaining her conservative principles, but the Republican Party hasn't earned her 
as a member. So what, what are your thoughts on her, her uh, leaving the Democrat Party? And, and it, a lot of people, they, they, they wonder. I, I personally, I think I'm leaning towards she's very genuine about this. What do you think? I think she's very genuine. And, you know, listen, I know her personally not well, but I, okay. you know her personally. And I think she is very genuine. I think she cares about, you know, God and country and faith and um, our constitutionally protected rights and the purpose of government, all the things that conservatives uh, agree with. And so, you know, what took her so long? Well, you know, people could ask me the same question. What took me so long to say, <laughs> hey, you know, Republican Party, I'm, I'm done. You need to yeah, actually yeah. champion the values that conservatives yeah. genuinely believe in. And of course, you know, am I going to vote Republican? Yes. But I support the America First candidates that also support conservative values. I do not support the National Republican Party. I don't support the National no. Democrat Party. I think we actually yeah. have a uniparty in Washington, D.C. And so oh, for yes. Tulsi to finally say enough is enough and she's now an independent or unaffiliated, I think is actually the strongest position. And I wish that more and more people would do that so that the parties in Washington that are so corrupt on both sides would have to drain the swamp. All right, Jenna, we, uh, we're running short on time. I, I hope we will talk before the election and certainly before Thanksgiving. Uh, for those of you who want to follow uh, Jenna, Jenna Ellis on uh, Twitter, on Truth Social, on uh, Getter and all of that. Uh, and, of course, you tell about your podcast real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, so you can go to thejennaellisshow.com or on Rumble, YouTube, anywhere that you stream. cover a lot of legal issues, constitutional issues, and, of course, uh, faith-based conservative Christian issues. Uh, so thejennaellisshow.com. All right. God bless. Godspeed. We'll talk again soon. Have a glorious day. You are listening to the Rob. You bet the Rob Carson show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson show. Lots of debates over the weekend, and I haven't had a chance to get to a lot of them, to be quite honest, guys. Um, here is uh, this is uh, Herschel Walker. Now Herschel Walker uh, debated uh, Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock is supposed to be a man of God, but he acts just the opposite way. Uh, he abused his wife, tried to run over with a car, has nothing to do with his children, etc., etc., etc. Did not defend Herschel Walker as a man of God. Supposedly, he paid for someone's abortion, gave a woman a seven hundred dollar check. Uh, she had an, uh, uh, a receipt for uh, from an abortion clinic for five seventy five. So there's that. And then, of course, she was friends of his family forever and all of a sudden before the election comes forward the story also he's under a get well card generic get well card so whatever i don't know i don't know um has is he a better person is he someone who is uh, a, a faithful person who has turned over his life to god yes he has that's more than you know i could say for a lot of people including john fetterman here is herschel walker talking about the uh, the Raphael Warnock, this man of God who's completely down with babies being aborted up to birth. He told me black lives matter. And if you think about it, Senator, in Atlanta, Georgia, there's more black baby that is aborted than, uh, than anything. So if black lives matter, why are you not protecting those babies? And instead of <laughs> aborting those babies, why are you not baptizing those babies? Yeah, why not, dear? Uh, here is uh, uh, Warnock talking about uh, having no limits on abortion. Doctor and the U.S. government, we're asking you to take a clear position right now. Do you believe there should be any limitations on abortion set by the government? And you have 60 seconds. I think that the women of this country and the women of this state woke up one summer morning and a core protection that they've known for 50 years was taken from them by an extremist Supreme Court. 
And I stand where I, it's I not a right. said I stand in the past, that a patient's room is too narrow and small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. We- now, this is the easiest way to pawn off responsibility, the, the male responsibility for a pregnancy to women. It, it is. It is. It's like, hey, man, you know what? Abortion's a women's issue, and it's her body, dude. It's her body, man. You know what? I'm here, you know, whatever. It really is. But he didn't say that he, 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 he didn't think twice about the, the child in the womb. He never said anything about that. He immediately went to a uh, woman's right, this and that. And this is, this is what Democrats do. And this is what, this is what a lot of particularly men uh, have done with regard to abortion is, is uh, you know, I support you with whatever you want to do. And I will pay for your abortion, but I'm not going to be uh, the father of the child. There's a lot of that going on. And, it, and it's echoed in statements like uh, what uh, the good, the reverend, the reverend had to say. Uh, what else happened this weekend? Uh, I'm trying to think if I have any other sound bites that are really tasty. Uh, let's see. Oh, 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 this is fun. This is uh, Carrie Lake because uh, Katie Hobbs, who's a sniveling 12-year-old mentally, will not debate uh, Carrie Lake because, uh, you know, Carrie Lake is extreme. Well, actually, what she's just terrified of being destroyed. So Carrie Lake said, basically, I'll let you, I will, I will do a debate anywhere you want and anyone any left-leaning person you want can actually to, can actually moderate the debate here it is in case she's watching i katie i will debate you on a stage i will debate you in a parking lot i will debate you in a library i will debate you in a bar i will debate you in a car i will debate you on cnn you forgot in a box with a fox I will debate you on MSNBC. I'll even, I'll even debate you on The View and let Joy Behar and Whoopi ask the questions. There you go. And if you don't believe me that uh, Katie Hobbs is honestly a, a woman who's uh, in her 50s and talks like a 12-year-old. I'm not kidding. This, this is like the ultimate infantilization of a woman who's, who's never left her adolescence. Like, oh, uh, I worked for a and I don't know why, but like, like, now I have this conversation. Like, 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 her adolescence. I'm not even sure trying to stay young. Finally, this is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene attempted the, the questioner in a PBS moderated debate, uh, uh, getting past the trick question of the mod- uh, moderator and having his arse for lunch. All right, this is to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene there. Uh, you're well known for making controversial statements. Detail your process for vetting and fact checking your statements that you make in public and post to social media. This is the assumption that she doesn't vet her stuff before she posts on social media. Can you tell me what's controversial controversial about defending this, the freedom of speech or what's controversial about um, defending our border or saying we need to, what, can you tell now, me? Now, she went on to uh, completely destroy him. We'll have some more on this uh, tomorrow. We're running out, short on time. We'd have to take a break, come back and wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show today. I've got much to still cover, but we'll get to it tomorrow. Have a glorious day. Keep your chin up. We're going to win this. Fight, fight, fight. God bless you. God bless first responders and the unborn. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. See you then. 